Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast. This is Dan Campana, Senior Manager for PR and Communications at ENA, welcoming you back to the latest episode and welcoming you to ENA headquarters, which uh, we're excited to be recording in headquarters with our guests today. We've got uh, Denise Campbell and Nicole Oliver from the Institute for Emergency Nursing Advanced Practice Advisory Council. And if it sounds like a lot of words to say, I will keep saying them because trying to say their acronym trips me up from time to time. So I'll just use the full name. But I want to welcome Denise and Nicole to the ENA podcast and to ENA headquarters. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Dan, for having us. So uh, this is your first time visiting the, the ENA, new ENA headquarters, right? Yes, yes it is. What, what have you had a chance to, what's your first impressions of seeing the building? It's beautiful. And from the tour that we had today, everything is modernized, um, very advanced technology, the rooms are beautiful. The equipment that's available to conduct business, um, ver- both on a um, very strict business level as well as maybe a more relaxed personal level is fabulous. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you here, and it's always great to be able to interview guests in person. We do a lot of uh, online recording for the podcast, but it's nice to have faces to talk to and to see while we're going through this, especially on an important topic like this. You're both here as part of the council. Nicole, you're the chairperson of the council, and Denise, you've been a member for a couple of years now? Um, This is my second year. Okay. So one of the main things that we wanted to focus on in this episode is really to learn a little bit about what the council does and to understand really a little bit more about the world of advanced practice, because obviously there's been some uncertainty or some questions about what that is, but I want to talk a little bit about the council first off. So uh, Nicole, why don't you tell me a little bit about what the council does and a little bit about your role as the chairperson? So I'm the chairperson this year, and I was a member last year and chairperson this year. And I think that's really important. I wanted to become chair so that I could move forward in helping with getting the word out about advanced practice, especially when if it relates to emergency medicine. I think that a lot of people aren't aware of the role of the advanced practice nurse in emergency medicine, and so I really want to help relay that across the nation, basically. So Denise, tell me a little bit about what the council, when you meet together, like you're doing this this week here at headquarters, uh, what, are, what are some of the things that um, are on your plate? Is it, um, is it about information? Is it about education? Is it about really just setting the right tone within ENA for what, what advanced practice is all about? I think it's a little bit of all of that. Um, we come together as a group to discuss what is actually going on in emergency nursing today. We also will discuss about how advanced practice nurses affect emergency um, nursing, and we help to come up with strategies and develop um, plans and opportunities for the advanced practice nurse to be involved in emergency um, nursing and to be part of this and involved in the association. So, Nicole, what got you involved with the council in the first place? What is sort of your background that, that leads you down this path as an as a area of expertise? So I worked in the emergency department first as an ED technician and then as an ED nurse. And after I graduated from uh, nurse practitioner school, I was seeking out opportunities for specifically for emergency nurse practitioners because I worked in the emergency department. I teach TNCC and course direct and I teach EMPC also, but I was looking for ways to do more. And so I know that ENA has a lot of volunteer opportunities, and I was looking more specific for advanced practice. And so 
the first thing that came up whenever I looked for advanced practice was this council. And I was reading about it, and I thought, oh, that would be really great to be able to be involved in that and get the word out. And so I became a member last year, and then another volunteer opportunity came up to be the chair, and I was like, I would really like to do that so that I can further this council and do good things for advanced practice in the emergency department. And so I joined. Okay. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have sort of our, you know, a, a studio audience today because the council is in the room with us and listening. And so uh, welcome to everybody who is in the room who uh, we have one former uh, alum of the ENA podcast here in Darlene Williams. So thank you for for stopping by, but um, just to make sure that everybody got some recognition for being here today. So we appreciate you being here and being our audience and um, staring at your colleagues here as they are the ones in the hot seat, so to speak. But uh, so one other question is related to the council, Denise. So talk about how the council, what its relationship is with ENA, because there's a number of committees and different council structures. Advisory is in the name, so is that really the essence of what your, your job is? I, I believe it is. The Emergency Nurses Association you know, their leadership comes to the group to ask for their input, their guidance on some of the um, uh, initiatives that they want to move forward with within the organization. And as advanced practice nurses, you know, we are able to provide them with some guidance and some information to further um, their um, achievement of those initiatives. So let's follow up on that a little bit and talking about advanced practice. Um, I'm not a clinical person, um, and I've learned a very very small amount of what advanced practice does and the number of roles are. So just talk a little bit about how many different types of advanced practice there are and really how they, they cover the gamut in, in their work in the ED especially. So there are four advanced practice nursing roles. There's the um, CRNA, which is the nurse anesthesiast. Um, there's the nurse midwife. And then as Nicole stated, she's a nurse practitioner. I am a clinical nurse specialist. And so my role is um, significantly different than the other roles. And um, we tend to focus on um, the uh, translation of clinical expertise into nursing care that's provided directly. And we influence nurses and nursing practice through evidence-based practice. So we essentially are taking evidence-based practice and translating that into practice. And we're helping our nurses provide better care um, to promote um, positive outcomes for patients. So Nicole, in your, your role, um, how is it any different than just a, what a, 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 use the word normal, but an everyday ED nurse. What, what is sort of the difference in terms of your responsibilities and how do you feed into what the team effort is about? So nurse practitioners, we are, of course, advanced practice nurses. So we have our nursing degree and then we have um, schooling on top of that and more clinical hours and things like that. So we can diagnose, treat, um, and intervene for anything that comes into the emergency department. And so I work very closely with the ED nurses, and it's kind of different being on the other side as a clinician rather than a nurse. Um, but it's a very good change, I think. And so we work alongside the ED nurses and the ED physicians, and we take care of patients, basically. So, and I'll throw this out to either of you, from the council's perspective, is your role to really bring the expertise and things you see on the front line and bring that into the realm of let's have a conversation about it and see how ENA can support those roles in the best way. Is that an oversimplification or is that a good way to sort of wrap it up there in that respect? No, I think that hits it right on the head there. 
Um, I know when I very first started as a clinical nurse specialist in the emergency department, I hadn't even graduated yet from my program. I still, I was in my last semester and there was not a clinical nurse specialist in the role at the time. And so I was floundering and kind of lost in, in an emergency department as a, as a CNS, there's only one of you because there's only one emergency department, whereas in the inpatient um, population, there's multiple clinical nurse specialists. So I had to kind of learn the role as I went along. And so um, that's partly why I wanted to be involved in this um, committee, because as a CNS and not having resources available at the time when I started, I wanted to um, have an impact on future CNSs or even current ones who aren't sure exactly what their role as an emergency CNS should be. So you talked a little bit about how they fit into the ED dynamic. It sounds like it's something that varies from facility to facility and region yes. to region. You know, Nicole, give me an example of, you know, how same person with the same credentials and the same role uh, as a, in advanced practice can be doing very different things from one place to another. Um, it's very interesting that you ask that because the emergency department that I currently work in, I was the first nurse practitioner there, and so I helped develop the role in that facility. Okay. Um, a, an ER that I worked in as a nurse, the nurse practitioners were primarily in the minor medical area taking care of low acuity patients, although we would get some high acuity stuff, but then it would be transferred to the main ER where an ED physician would take over. In the facility that I work in now, it's a little bit different because it's smaller, and so we get to do pretty much everything. I get to put in central lines. I get to take care of those high-acuity patients because there's only one ED physician and now me, and so if something comes in and they're taking care of it, I can go ahead and take care of the high-acuity stuff that comes in also, and so I feel like I get to do a lot more in the smaller ED because there's not as many resources there. What's your, what's the world like for you? And, and uh, tell us a little bit about where you're at in terms of your facility and how, you know, sort of branching off what Nicole was talking about. So I'm in a um, very large organization. We have a large level one trauma center. We see about 130,000 patients a year. So very high volume. There's about 300 nurses that work in the, that, that department specifically. Um, when you look at other organizations or other um, facilities, maybe they only have 20 nurses or 50 nurses. So those organizations may not even have an emergency clinical nurse specialist working in their department, and they might have one of their bedside nurses trying to facilitate that role in providing the education that nurses need for that organization. Um, so in my department, my, my role was quite large in trying to keep 300 nurses up to date on best practices um, and making sure that new hires are um, oriented, oriented to the department so that they are competent and safe to work. So in terms of the, the contributions, it sounds like there's a pretty wide swath of things that an advanced practice nurse can offer. Um, what are some of the things that you think are maybe the most common ways that they are contributing? Is it in terms of the education? Is it in terms of, you know, as you mentioned, Nicole, the idea of um, stepping in to higher end situations because there's just not enough other people around given the size of the facility. I mean, I'll throw that out to either of you, which, you know, what are some of the key contributions you think, um, you know, run across the board? I think all of those things that you mentioned are absolutely key contributions that we can do. 
Um, we are also very involved in education because, of course, we're nurses at heart. And so we're very involved in education to our patients, to our fellow clinicians, to our ED nurses, and things like that. And I think it's important in our role um, at our facilities that we bring back to the council because we are on the front lines of doing all of this stuff and we can bring ideas back to this council and help further refine those ideas and share information and network and things like that and I think that it's a very good advantage to having advanced practice nurses that like I said are on the front lines to be able to you know do things with this council. So sort of a wrap up here um, what's the most common question you get people who know that you're advanced practice, but maybe don't quite understand what that means. What, what is sort of a common question you get in that regard? Well, the, the thing that I run into all the time is a lot of people don't, don't even know what a clinical nurse specialist is. And um, some organizations that hire clinical nurse specialists don't even know exactly what the role of the CNS is. So I think that's the biggest question. Okay, so you're a clinical nurse specialist, but what does that mean? What can you do? And because it is a little bit different than some of the other advanced practice roles, I think it's really important to try to advocate what the role is and show in practice what we can actually do for the organization. Same question, Nicole. Um, the most common question I get from patients is I'll tell them I'm a nurse practitioner and they'll say, oh, so you're practicing to be a nurse? And I'm like, no, I've been a nurse for a really long time. And so then explaining what my role is after that, it really educates people and they go out and tell their friends and everything and so that they don't think we're, quote, just nurses. Not that that's a bad thing, but they don't think that. They realize that we can do more. And again, kind of wrapping up, you know, going back around to the idea of, of the council's role, if you're a, a, a member who knows that there are these committees and councils, uh, just talk in general about why it's important to find those volunteer opportunities and get involved. Obviously, you're using your expertise and bringing this back to the council to help shape some ideas and, and push things in a certain direction for all advanced practice. But just in the general sense, um, why get involved? Why, why volunteer? Why get involved with you know, these national level opportunities like this, you know, from your perspective, Denise? Well, as I mentioned earlier, as a, when I was a new clinical nurse specialist, there were I didn't know where to turn to. And so um, being part of this council, it has opened my eyes a lot as to what advanced practice nurses can contribute to emergency nursing. And so letting other clinical nurse specialists and other advanced practice nurses know that there is support out there for you. There are opportunities for you to be involved, to learn and to grow professionally. Um, I think that this, um, this uh, committee helps support that. So it's all about just taking the leap, it sounds like, to get involved at that next level and to have a voice in sort of the direction of things. Is that a fair way of putting it, Nicole? Absolutely. And I think the networking opportunities are astounding, especially whenever you join national committees like this, because you could be struggling with something at your facility that somebody else has already found a solution to or has found a better way to do it. And in joining these councils and committees, you get to talk and network with other advanced practice nurses and share ideas and everything and it really helps and I think that it will really help shape the role of the advanced practice nurse going forward. So as the council's chair I'm going to give you the last word would you like to give a shout out to the other council members who are here today and just to recognize them and, and tell everybody who's on the council this year? Absolutely um, Denise and myself of course are here and then we have Teresa Campo um, 
Chris Guyness, David House, Mike Nickerson, um, Darlene Williams, Ron Krause, Meg Carmen. Um, all of these people are here today. We have our annual meeting, and so we are, you know, putting boots to the ground and trying to figure out issues that we need to take care of this year and helping with conference planning for the conference that's coming up in Austin. Um, we review position statements and just do all kinds of different things. We have a very full agenda today. I'm really excited that we are going to get a lot of stuff done and get things moving for this year. Well, very good. Nicole Oliver and Denise Campbell, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy agenda today with the, uh, to spend some time with the ENA podcast. Um, and we wish you best as the year moves on. And I know we'll see you down the road, uh, whether it be in Austin or, or back here at uh, ENA headquarters as the year moves on. So that'll do it for this episode of the ENA podcast. And you can find it anywhere you can find podcasts on your iPhone, your Android, through Spotify, on the ENA website, and on SoundCloud. This is Dan Campana from ENA, and we'll be back with you very soon for the next episode of the ENA podcast. <laughs>